Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Truth Hurts. Today, I want to talk to you guys about Black Lives Matter. I want to talk to you guys about the PCR test and a few other things that you may or may not have heard about in the news. Or if you've heard about them, you've heard about them from only one perspective. But I want to break down exactly how things happen. I think a lot of times people uh, are always with the extreme, right? So they're telling you, hey, look, look at this thing. Something's wrong here. Or somebody's telling you, hey, nothing's wrong here. Go along with everything. But a lot of times on both sides, people don't explain exactly how things happen. And I think if you understand how things happen, you it's easier to see possibilities. So Black Lives Matter, right? When I first heard of Black Lives Matter, I was not thrown off initially. Black Lives Matter, all right? Black people are getting killed. I'm a person who's fought this my whole life. Uh, if you listen to The Truth Hurts, you just look at the, the nature and listen to the nature of some of my podcasts. I've never been with this. I am anti-police abuse, borderline anti-police just because of me being a black man and, and knowing that they've just never been my friends, 80% of them. So, you know, that was my initial uh, take on it. And then... I heard more about it, heard more about it, and I started to look at, when I heard more about it, I started to look at what they're doing, right? So I see people with the protesting and all this stuff, and they're fighting for stuff, and I'm like, okay. And I, as I started to see it, I'm starting to see the symbolism. That's the first red flag, symbolism, uh, uh, too much uh, posters and, and, and street signs and all this. I've uh, heard the truth hurts before, you know, when you're talking about oppression, when you're talking about uh, any type of abuse, stuff like that you want uh, administrative code changes you want law changes you want laws you want uh structured protections right that are written in some sort of code or laws to you know rules to protect you you don't want people saying i'm sorry i don't need your apology i need it so i cannot be pulled over illegally by a police and planted drugs on me and then given time for that i need <laughs> Uh, these prejudices in loans once I have an 800 credit score to stop. I need these, you know, I need these things. I don't need the symbolism. So that was the first thing I noticed. But to keep going forward, the main thing that got me when I started to look at it, I'm like, all right, I know enough to know that the there's a narrative around uh, people taking advantage of people's real pain. And that everybody select groups create narratives around these real pains and i know the black struggle many people have tempted one of my stories years ago when i found out about um basically uh some housing things that happened in these mitchell llama co-ops that that were in uh, new york city basically if 60 percent of your building was signed off on it a petition you, and you could get a bank, and many banks would obviously do this. You could get out of this program and get equity in your homes. So these homes were about to go anyway, and they're going to go soon. So when I found out about this, I was like, wow, this is a, a clearly an empowering thing. This is a, a system where, you know, maybe we could go sit and learn, and, <clears throat> and everybody could talk and uh, get people from banks and financial advisors and come in there even for months at places like the Action Network with uh, Al Sharpton. And I say that for a reason, just bear with me <laughs> and convert these homes, which you have no equity in, into places you have equity in four or five hundred thousand dollars. So now this is empowerment. I went down to the local place and it was just a bunch of scam artists. And the, the ladies who were there basically told me, you know, our people, they don't they're not going to go for this. But here she gave me a flyer 
for a hundred and fifty dollar um trip for march on washington and this is like 2010 uh this is probably like 2010 2011 she gave me a flyer for a march on washington so you can't make these things up so for me i know that these people most of these people are not really looking to empower people they're not really looking to empower black people they're not really looking to get them into ownership deep cultures travel financial security ownership investment residuals that's not what they're preaching because these things are actually hard they're not easy uh they're convoluted and many people will reject them it's a harder sell than hey we're gonna go fight on washington right you get the spirit of these things which makes sense but you know you have to have things that are appropriate for the time so i know knowing that history i took a deeper look at black lives matter and the first thing that caught me once I started to look at it was the saying in and of itself. And I've said this a hundred times and I've said it about 20 times here on this podcast. When you scream black lives matter, I always said, who are you talking to? Because you fundamentally have two types of people. You have people that respect black lives, right? And these, some of these are black. Some people are white. Some people are uh, yellow, all colors. They're people who respect lives and then people who don't. So when you say Black Lives Matter, you have the one group of who respect lives, black lives, and you have one group who doesn't respect black lives. So if somebody doesn't respect your life, you have to stop there and think and absorb that. They don't respect life. Maybe you don't respect the life of an ant or a roach or something and you would step on it, right? And really an ant is way, they're probably, probably both useful, but you know, you, you might not have the respect for life and you step on it, right? So if somebody doesn't respect your life, like some of these officers, like some of these racist people, they would kill you or they would like to see you dead if they wouldn't do it themselves. So these are people who would literally uh, wish harm and pain upon you. So now, do you mean, to, the first thing that caught me, I was like, if you are saying black lives matter, and there's only two types, if you're talking to me, I'm like, all right, I know black lives, why are you yelling at me about black lives matter? I know black lives matter. So you cannot be talking to the people that already respect black lives. And it only leaves one more fucking group. <laughs> that is the people who do not respect your life. So you mean to tell me you're active, you have a campaign actively informing people <laughs> that don't respect your life? What are you asking them to start respecting your life? It's insane. It's fucking insane are you trying to culture racist like i don't even understand the um, the fundamental principle behind tell like who are you talking to and what do you expect to accomplish so the first thing that triggers in my head is wait a second this is almost like a troll of black people this this is like almost to make others more angry like this is you know to isolate you instead of bringing it together it's another division and i said right like, now i have to look deeper what are you actually doing so like any group, there's going to be some people that are really doing stuff. But when I look deep, I said, all right, the funding is suspicious. The same characters, I'm not going into that. It's too long of a rabbit hole. But you can find out if you care to uh, look. But I will say that just within the, 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 the core formation of the organization, I was like, all right, Black Lives Matter. So if we're talking about Black Lives Matter, right, and we have a lot of problems in the black community, me knowing what the major problems of the black community, this has to be an economic-based forum, right? This has to be dealing with economics. It has to be dealing with education and constant uh, self-education as well, right? Some some sort of principle of learning systems, learning business, learning things that can constantly uh, empower you, right? Has to have some sort of economic portion and it has to have some sort of family portion because 
clearly in America, we've been broken down at the family level, right? The father is absent from a lot of the homes for numerous reasons. And because of that, you have women who make bad uh, mating decisions, men who make bad mating decisions, men who grow up without discipline, women who grow up without discipline. You have undisciplined homes. You have a whole lot of things. Now, there's a bunch of reasons. Some are fault, some not. But that are some of, those are some of the core problems, right? We have the family problem, right? The black family. And we have the economics problem. And obviously, we have the uh, violence problem, but the violence problem, right, against against us and within what, what we may or may not do to ourselves comes from the root of those economic problems, which, which start drug problems, which start a whole bunch of things. And we still have these people, cops and everybody, that harass these neighbors. So you have these things. So I said, let's see what Black Lives Matter is about. You go to their website, and I promise you, unless they've changed it in the last three or four months, if you go to their website, the word black family or the phrase black family is not anywhere on their website. Black woman is everywhere on their website. The word, check this out, the phrase black man is nowhere on their website. So black family, right, and black family, you can go through every page, you can uh, hit control and find and try to search for the words, they're not there. <laughs> it's simply not about the black family. It's simply not about the black man. They do not want to bring black people together. Probably the vision of young, beautiful black people together with black children, especially brown or dark people, with other brown or dark people, with black children, is probably a gross image to most of these people. They probably fear that image like a white supremacist fears that image. So when you look, the next thing you may notice is that the founders, not only no black family, no black man, they're all women and they're all gay. So you mean to tell me we have a movement <laughs> in 2000 and whatever, right? Because it's been for a few years, a modern day movement for black liberation and black protection and all these things that are being led by three gay women. <laughs> so people who have not mastered the black family themselves <laughs> Part of some of the problems that's in our community, this lesbianism and this homosexuality, that's not what we need as black people, right? So, and then even bringing us into that whole world of us accepting this whole thing is just so, black people are so uncultured that we can actually be bullied into these ways of thinking. To think that you have to, no, you don't have to accept, you can respectfully disagree with anybody's lifestyle choice. You just cannot harass them, you just cannot yell at them. <laughs> You can respectfully disagree with mine. You can respectfully disagree with your brothers or sisters and anybody's. So when you look at all of this, you say, wait a second. This doesn't seem like it's for the proliferation of black families and trying to get us going. So now last week or two weeks ago, it comes out that the, the founder, right, of or one of the founders, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, one of these three gay women, has been going on a buying spree of homes, which for me, I have no problem with. I have no problem with the woman making money, even from the efforts in um, this Black Lives Matter stuff. I don't, as long as she didn't steal that money from inside, which maybe she did. If she didn't do that, if she didn't take, if she didn't fleece any money, I actually have no problem with her buying homes all around the world. But here's what's interesting about it. <clears throat> People obviously do have problems with her doing this, but I have a, I have a, I have a different or, or select problem with it, which people also pointed out. 
most of some of the places, not even say most, because I think I saw three homes and two of them. Well, yeah, most for now. The places where she bought the home, specifically in California, <laughs> was a was a neighborhood with with a population of about ninety eight percent white. So it had one point five percent black population, and it's so funny because over the years, I remember when I was coming up, and I would look, and as I got older, maybe my twenties and thirties, when I was around the neighborhood, I was a business person, I was pretty known in my neighborhood, but I was, and I was known because I was involved, and I wasn't, I was involved with everybody, I wasn't involved with like business or doing things, but I would just, I would know the people of my neighborhood, like a politician actually should, right, like your local community, community leaders actually should, and what I learned over the time is that a lot of the preachers, a lot of the community leaders, a lot of the politicians, these people don't even know their neighborhood, they don't even walk their neighborhood, they're actually scared to walk these neighborhoods, they don't even, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but but it begs the question: like, How could you represent a neighborhood where, if you went to these local business, they don't even know who you are? How how do you not know your local business owners? These are like some of the most important people in your community. How do you not connect with your local business owners and your local entrepreneurs, your local people trying to create something? And I was like, wow. Not only did we have things like I told you the Reverend Al Sharpton thing with just selling hope to people going on marches to Washington as opposed to empowering yourself economically. Not only did you have that, you had all of these uh, different things. So let me digress a little bit. When you look at most of those people, they, they're not even connected with their neighborhood. So it was shocking because to a lot of people because they're seeing this but to me i always knew that these are the type most of these type of people what they do is this and this is the, this is how the system works and let's get to it now the system is the system and it's not about the individual there are tons of great individuals tons of great individuals scientists doctors everybody from people like that to your person who picks up your mail they are great people but what happens is systematically the people that actually have integrity and fight for what's right and want to put out good research, you get bullied by these systems. The, the money and the power still rules everything. So whether you're in finance or medicine, when you come up with things, if it's not what the standard people want, you just get buried, right? So example, I, when you talk about research, right? What people don't understand with science and research is that a lot of people don't understand this. It's funded and not all science is funded. But when science is funded, trust me, if you look at the results of anything, you must look at funded versus unfunded results. Just look at um, 5G right now, right? You heard about it, people will tell you, they'll keep showing you reports from scientists who are paid, right, through funded research from people who basically fund you to find their results. You think they still pay you if you don't find their results? They fund you and you know without knowing to find their results. When you look at 5G, unfunded uh, results, 70% of the, the research says that it's harmful. Funded results, only 30% say that it's harmful. It's literally reverse. It's 70, 30, 30, 70, depending on funded. So unfunded research, meaning that, you know, these are just independent people taking a look at this. They said, hey, this is 70% to 30% harmful. Funded research for the people, the, the, the micro, excuse me, not the Microsoft, the Samsungs and uh, the T-Mobiles and the AT&Ts, all these people who have an interest in this, all their research, 70% of it said it's fine. So a big part of it is that, like, um, it's not that they're not good people, but 
what happens is the good people get washed out to the top, right? So even in something like this Black Lives Matter thing, I, if I haven't gone deep, 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 but if I know how these things work, they're probably 501c or nonprofit or something in that little world. And it's just, if there's a few type of people, the real mavericks, I'm sure in that space, right, who are deep into that world, there's real people who really care, who are on the grassroots fighting and you know, they're not just trying to buy million dollar homes in white neighborhoods. These people get discovered and they won't get that funding or they won't get that role because people out you, you can spot them as authentic people who really care. These people are hurt the most in life and they just won't get that opportunity. But who will be pushed into the light are these types, these kind of they're probably all three gay feminist Right. They probably actually hate black men, to be honest with you. I know these types. They probably actually hate themselves. They probably hate how they look. I'm sure they're not confident in their appearances. And they probably hate black men and are disgusted by the thought of black family. If I'm wrong, (laughs) I'm wrong. But you will probably never see these people with a black family. So when you have. Well, I'm not saying when you have, but this is the type of people, rather, that end up in these positions. And it's not that, like I said, they're, they're not good people in the space, but you just won't get pushed to the forefront like these people will. So in every world, this is what happens, and this is how these people end up being the face and the benefactors. And like I said, these people do not care. Most of these people, they've given up. They don't even believe in it. They just are profiting off the real anger. So now this woman who preaches you to be mad and, and wear a Black Lives Matter shirt, I see people wearing pins and fucking hats. It's like, take that fucking shit off and broaden your fucking shoulders. Increase your knowledge base. Increase your physicality. Increase your fucking heart. And, and move through the fucking world like a fucking man or woman. And show the world that your life matters. Respect yourself. Respect your brother. And that's how you fucking show the your world your life matters. Learn to defend yourself mentally, physically, spiritually. That's how you show the, the world your life matters. Not wearing a fucking shirt. You look like an idiot. <laughs> like I see a person with I say you look like an idiot. You look like you're begging for attention. Who are you talking to? You look fucking weak. Take that shit the fuck off. <laughs> it's insanity. But this is what they sell to you. They sell to you that pain. They sell that to people, right? And and like like many of the people you'll see protest, these are not bad people. They're fucking fed up like me and you. But they're preying on your anger. They're preying on your real life experience. Now, they take that money from your anger, from the funds and the grants and the speech engagements that they do. From now, they're the face. Right, mind you. And the people behind these things, they'll never really fund a real movement. Every real movement, those are the ones that end up on a terror list. (laughs) The real black movements will try to empower you, right? And try to make sure that you have your piece of land, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not taking your poor money like the church does. Hey, sell, sell you hope, take your money, and then reinvest in white people. It's the same thing the church is doing in the ghettos. They come, they have all these poor people, they, they give you Reverend Porkchop, he sells you a dream, you give your, your little coins. Those same churches reinvest not in black businesses, they reinvest in probably uh, colleges for white kids and big buildings in your neighborhood that won't fund you and a bunch of other things. It's just, it's just like a funneling process off of your pain and they use the spirituality of black people against them. And like I said, Reverend Porkchop, he comes, he's one of the, <laughs> the people, like just like this lady. They're all figureheads. They profit off of your anger. You know, so even with um in the space of like I like Tariq Nasheed because I don't care, like, even if he's a little bit of a pimp with it, 
What I like about Tariq Nasheed is that he gave people real information. There are people that I know would never run into the things. If they don't see hidden colors, they're not going to do the type of things that us weird people do. So they're never going to know about this information. They're never going to know that these people existed. They're never going to know about black scholars. They're never going to know about the different physiological changes and uh, not even changes, but uh, uh, well, yeah, changes and differences in black people. If, so if they don't see something like hidden colors. So the fact that he makes that, yeah, he's going to sell it a little bit, but he's still giving information that helps the spark the mind. And that's what you have to do with this because people have to ultimately have it in themselves. You have to start seeing this. And you once you see it, it's like, I can't say it's good, but you'll be like, wow. It's like, wow, you start to uncover what's happening because you don't really know what's making certain things. When these weird things are happening in life, especially when you're young, you don't know why they're happening. So people like Tariq Nasheed are okay. But ultimately, a lot of these people, they make their money off that now Tariq Nasheed is independent he makes his money whatever but these people are are funded through government when you see the government funding when you see nonprofit, doesn't mean it's always bad but when it's really being pushed like this this Black Lives Matter is everything like it's the lead movement for black people like they they're never going to give you a strong movement is what I'm saying they'll tell you the Black Panthers were, were hate group Black Panthers like many other groups that were infiltrated and destroyed were just groups that were trying to protect black people for years we bitch, they, they, they just come into your communities. You think the harassment you have now is nothing compared to what was happening before. It was just open season. They can rob you, steal from you, burn your stuff. You know, they burned your churches. They burned your, you know, your businesses. This is So these people were the actual people with heart. They said, wait a second, you're not going to come in and just bully me. You have to remember, there's a lot of, I hate to say it, but, but niggers. They, these are very bad black people who are very cowardly. And they've always been a bunch of tough ones. And a bunch of cowardly ones and the cowardly ones oh they don't say nothing don't do anything don't mess it up right I, we can't do anything we can't fight back we're outnumbered <laughs> you got these niggas and these niggas really help promote you know the abuses that happen to black people because they won't fight back and then you have those who fight back so they just attack those who fight back so the real groups of those who fight back say no you know we're not looking to harm you but you're gonna have to not come here and bother our children you're gonna have to come here and not uh, bother our old people you're gonna have to respect us as a community people if you have a movement like that you'll never see it funded on this level so the movement that they will fund on this level is something like black lives matter which really just probably pisses other races of people off it's it, it singles you out as the victim and you see no real legislation real quick you see the asians power the one thing you need is power. Black Lives Matter is not empowering. So it's victim-based. It's all oh, poor me, right? The Asians, right? Whatever you think about Asians, good or bad, doesn't fucking matter. The, the, they have more power in this country, even than black people. You can see that with all of this stuff that's happening, right? Whether it's true or not, look at how they're getting legislation and things passed fast and quickly, right? Because they stick together... Uh, on, on a better sense of power from, from from the perspective of power and they're just getting what black people should have gotten a long time but quickly it's no don't have to sit and march did you see Asians marching on the street they're going and they're writing the letters they're telling the people we're going to pull from here do this do this they use their economic right probably protesting and stuff like that that's why I always tell black people if there's one thing one power that we do have it's our spending power it's the one thing but it, until we break the mind of, 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 you know, trying to, you know, be accepted, you're not going to even be able to utilize that power because you want to obtain something that will get you acceptance.
Very interesting stuff here, man. So that's Black Lives Matter. And this lady, basically, she's bought these homes. Like I said, it's not a shock because these are the type of people that get this funding. And the real people, like the second part of the podcast, uh, Carrie Mullis. Carrie Mullis is the actual inventor of the PCR test. And to make it real simple, what the PCR test uh, test is, is basically it can spot even the smallest traces of DNA, molecules and different things inside of you, even if they're like would be undiscoverable. And how it does this is something called like it's called a cycle threshold. So just imagine just to simplify it, imagine uh, you find a little piece of dust. Right. And you keep spinning the dust in this cycle. In every cycle, the dust doesn't necessarily become bigger, but it becomes uh, easier to see. Like, let's say, uh, imagine the microscope was getting uh, closer. Right. And you could actually see it bigger and bigger and bigger or in in an imaginative way. The actual dust particle is magnifying itself to a size where you can measure it. So what happens is the PCR test, if something is so small in your body, what it does is it, it, it can spot the, the traces of these viruses and different things by this PCR test. It spins it, and I think the current threshold is like 35 to 40 cycles, but it can make things up to trillions of size larger because these are really microscopic things initially. And it can give you, it can, it can, it can present uh, what's in your body, right, that you would normally be able to detect by magnifying it. She said, all right, this sounds great. And it is great. But the inventor, Kerry Mullis of the test, even warned of its use and its application and its interpretation. Because the first thing you can, once again, do the research, do not listen to me. (laughs) Once again, remember, the people like us, we always say to to do the research and you will always find we're telling the truth. It's the other people that can't speak like this because they're not telling the truth. They have to tell you these people are lying to you and we have the truth. So you can hear from Kerry Mullis's mouth, who died in August 2019, right before the scandemic, the inventor of the PCR test, which is the main test that they use all over the world to tell you that you're infected with COVID to boost this fuckery up. The same process that they use for HIV. Right. And it's the same scandal that's been going on for years. This guy, Kerry Mullis, literally has fought with Fossey over years and named Fossey as a tool, administrative tool, who knows nothing, who will get up there and lie and tell any, he said this out of his mouth and will say anything to the world to just get paid. This is what they do. There's always a tool. He gets paid. This guy was the real scientist, the real wacky guy um, who discovered things and was able to um, figure stuff out, but he wasn't able to be controlled. And when, you, like I said, when you're not able to be controlled by these people, they villainize you. Even in Berkeley, they wrote a hit piece about him when he died, talking about he's a philanderer and he was an interpersonal wreck and he used LSD and all this other stuff. You know, it's just so crazy when he he, he was he synthesized uh, psychedelics, mushrooms, which if people know are not even bad. He synthesized this and was a master chemist at this. The same guy who can actually figure things out is the villainized one. But Fawcy is like the Bill Gates versus the Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is the mind. Gates was the thief. But he's the one that's propped up. Gates, the shitty history guy, is the guy that's propped up. The guy that deals with, 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 with uh, what's this fucking guy's name? Uh, Epstein, after he was convicted in 2009. Why'd you do that? The guy who fucking uh, had all this antitrust stuff, trying to monopolize all the software, and then basically went up to the thing and didn't even answer questions at the hearing. The guy who you can see on video berating his employees and acting like a complete asshole and acting as ugly as he looks. 
this is the guy that they sell to you as the guy who's going to fix polio. <laughs> a eugenist who you think is the most, one of the elitist type of people think that, you know, whatever. But this is who they sell. So Kerry Mullis, uh, like I said, he passed away right before this happens. He's the inventor. He's the guy who smeared through 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 uh, history. They, you, I'm sure uh, to a lot of you, you've never even heard of him. You've heard put on your fucking mask 80 times, but you haven't heard anything about the, the 20,000 plus studies on 5G because they won't mention that by real scientists. You, you haven't heard about Kerry Mullis and a thousand other things that they'll never tell you about unless you're strange enough to look. Because it's all right there. You can't hide it, really, but they can bury it. Actually, they can't, they can't keep it from you completely, but they can bury it. So this guy, you can hear him on film talking about Fawcett and he's such a fraud and he put him up, he lies. And he mentions the same thing with the, with the, with the uh, HIV. Because the thing about HIV is like you have to know about causation and correlation. Yeah, there's sometimes a correlation, but there's no causation effect between having HIV and then developing AIDS. That's based off other immune deficiency problems that are not connected to just the contraction of AIDS. And what they were doing was, with that PCR test, they're taking this small, insequential amount, a presence of something, and they're magnifying it and, and lowering the threshold. Like, if you look at the thresholds that he set for AIDS, and just, like I said, fucking do this, people. Go and study. Just go back to the date. Look at the global threshold. And what forcing these guys, why, why he was pumped to the top, he lowered the threshold of what could be considered you have AIDS, you have this thing. And when you think about it, probably people like Magic Johnson is always faced like same way with COVID. They get all these celebrities to do it. At that time, what happens? They this is how they operate. I don't know this for sure, but knowing what I know now, they probably paid Magic Johnson, bro. This this why the whole his wife didn't leave him. You know, the whole thing was probably like he probably doesn't have no fucking aid. They probably just you're gonna be the face of this. And then you see Magic Johnson got the pass. He got the money, right? He was able to start those businesses. Bring Starbucks, the magic, the theater, right? That was the end, right? When you do something, it's an end. It's an end and out, just like Mike Jordan. He probably didn't even really contract it. It's probably why he's alive now, <clears throat> because there is no connection. Or if he did get HIV, uh, he just had HIV. And like they said, HIV doesn't mean you're going to contract the immune uh, AIDS. So if they, if they did, they just probably paid him and used him as the face to promote this connection. Because the connection was to, to make it that it was with straight people. You see what I'm saying? And, and many people know this. Like, if it was just drug addicts and gay people, right? Let's be real. People are going to say, who cares? Right? Uh, I'm not fighting for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's be real. Whether it's right or wrong, people are going to say, I'm not fighting for that. But when they made it a straight thing, I remember it myself, it scared you. And it made it made it real. It made, it's like, man, you can't have sex with people. You can get AIDS and die. Like, this whole thing was so scary. It was like, it really hit you. But when that happened, it allowed for the whole scam the billion dollar scam, trillion by now, to, to run. So this is what the Fawcett guys do. He's been doing this for years. He's and, and, and you can look at the history. Many people have fought this guy and been saying he's a fraud. He just fucking boosts up these PCR tests to say this. Now, the most important thing what Kerry Muller says is what I'm telling you now in terms of it can find this little piece, but he'll tell you like the problem and what people do with the PCR test and how they misuse it is that the, the presence of this virus or something doesn't mean you're going to get sick it doesn't even mean it means anything it just means that there's a little little bit there and that's why the test is not effective as a determinant test to say hey uh this test shows this presence over this threshold you have this well i have this but you have 
And so if you test for things, you'll find uh, many things, millions of things dormant in you. So if you just test, mind you don't test for things every day. If you test for a lot of things, you'll think you have this, you have that. But you have these small, insequential, uh, insequential amounts that really don't mean anything. They don't mean for you to go uh, take medicine or even address it. And this is how people manipulate it. And this is what they're doing with COVID now. They're taking something that's been around forever and they're just, you know, <laughs> telling every, this is why everybody's like, you have all these asymptomatic people, asymptomatic, asymptomatic. You have the small amount, yeah, it's in you, but it doesn't mean anything. You don't have to quarantine. You don't have this amount that's going to kill you. The people that are dying from this, there's something else. And this is the thing that is probably connected to what they're hiding and other things that doctors know. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but there's something else with this. So this is Kerry Mullis, right? Another guy, like I said, the guy who invented the, think about what I'm telling you. Let me give you a little bit more information. He invented this in the 80s, I think 83 company, C-E-T-U-S, Cetus, is a, is a parent or, 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 or neighboring company of Berkeley Institute, right? So they're connected to this institute, this Cetus Foundation or company, whatever. They, right, he starts working with Cetus, right? He develops, through his own wackiness, he develops this DNA synthesizing process, right? And he was so wacky, you know, they can only, like I said, they can't put the real inventors out sometimes because these people are not clean. That's why they always put these clean suit guys up, right? Guys like Fawcett, short, right? Looks intelligent, glasses. He looks trustworthy, right? So you can't get the guy who just gets up and tells you the real. That's like your wacky professor who they say is crazy but knows everything and seems to be the nicest guy and you learn the most in his class. <laughs> you see, like you go to Fawcett class, you don't learn anything, but he's the guy that everybody says is, you know, he gets all the credit. And the Mullis guy is the guy that every fucking student loves, but he's always in trouble and, you know, his fucking shirt is untucked out of his pants, so he's a bad guy, right? This is life. So... This guy, Mullis, right? Check this out. This guy, uh, Mullis, he's there. They can't promote him. So what they do is he had other people that he was working with, and they kind of served. They, it was like two or three guys who served as the face and helped kind of guard Mullis so they could put this thing out. But what they did was they ended up buying the thing, the rights from him for $10,000, subsequently sold it to a company, forget the name of it, La Roche, I think, whatever it is. For $300 million. So you see more of how it goes. The genius mind discredited. The genius mind stuff used. The genius mind underpaid. $10,000 for something that they sold for $300 million. And then 20 years later, 30 years later when he dies, you fucking slander him in the, in the, in the paper because you, you people couldn't control him. Another thing out of his mouth is that he doesn't even blame the people. Because he's a, the average person, they don't know the difference between a good scientist and a bad scientist. They don't know. They don't have the, 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 the wherewithal or the information to know that Kerry Mullis is the guy who really makes things. These tools that they send in front of you, this is the point I'm making to you guys. It's not that, you know, they're great people in every field and they really have all this information that will agree with things that I'm saying and many people are saying. They're, they are suppressed. I could show you, fuck it, just look for it. There are hearings with numerous doctors and scientists at the highest levels of society i'm trying to tell you that go to senate hearings and hearings they won't publicize these too much and talk about 5g and stuff like that and how it's dangerous and they talk about the spectrum the, the light spectrum and how like basically right even with 5g you have thresholds right that already passed the dna altering uh threshold right levels who already passed those thresholds 
And then you have in countries, the, the maximum is higher than those DNA altering thresholds. And not to mention the laws that have passed in the last five years to allow and limit states' ability to control how much of the expansion of these cell phone towers and different things. There's so much stuff out there. And these are not, and that's what they will try to, they'll try to highlight what a celebrity says or something like that. But I'm telling you, these, the scientists, the people, they're all there. They're in every field. But they are silenced. And the research that you see that they put out, these FDA, these are the same, they're all tools. You do not get to the head of the FDA to see these, any of these places if you're not a tool. Anybody who stands for something, something weird happens to them. I've seen it time and time again. Sometimes it's real, sometimes it's just weird. Like, I'm going to give you guys one quick story that I don't know how connected it is, but I think it is. I met one day uh, the president of American Express. Uh, he was a white guy. His name was Ed Sullivan. Ed, uh, Ed Sullivan or Ed Sullivan. And uh, this is in 2014. If you know my story, I when Uber came out, I bought two cars. I bought a big truck and a Mercedes Benz. And I started a, uh, what I you know, coined a luxury car service. And I put all this fancy stuff online. But it actually worked. I started to get business people for a little while who called me. So when I would have certain business people and they would set up these trips, I would always do the job because I got to meet being, you know, people not knowing that I'm a math guy, programmer. Just, I could talk to them as just, hey, the friendly, uh, cool guy in the car, not a non-threatening, and they would probably tell me more than they should. One day, six in the morning, I go pick up Ed Sullivan, the president of American Express. These are all real stories. He gets in the car. Six in the morning, he's like, oh, my God. I say, hey, how you doing? And he's talking. I'm good spirits at that time. Just started this company. And he's like, wow, you got great energy, man. How the hell you stay like this? And I was like, yeah, I just how I am, man. Life is what it is. You got to make the best of it. And as we're talking, he's like, wow, man, you got what's called uh, a growth mindset. You don't have a fixed mindset. He said, you take anything that comes and you just make the best of it. I said, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's, you got it. So we're talking. We pick up his assistant. Long story short, he gives me his card. He talks about, and like many of the other good people I met at that level, he didn't even accept me where I was at. So now, in my mind, I was a young kid from the inner city, and I'm just, you know, I put together algorithms online. I've done other things. I sell my colognes and perfumes, and I made an app. I've done all these little things, but I'm just kind of all over the place. I act and film. I don't really do anything like focus to that level where, where a person who meets me is like, wow, you should really be like doing this and that. So he, like many people, told me like, in so many words, like, you know, you're going to do big things. Like, well, you know, almost almost shocked to even see what are you running this car service for? And not knowing how much I just, <laughs> this thing working around this, that I literally do anything like this to just keep my freedom. But the point is, I was nothing more even if I own the service and it's a Mercedes, it's a fucking car service. So I'm a lower society person in that social interaction. And not saying he wouldn't have no reason to talk to me. Many people will talk to you in that case. You will maybe talk to a cab driver or something, a limo driver even. But it was what he shared with me. It was the inspiration. It was the, and the conversation was way deep. And he told me a lot about business and different things. I asked him questions about Stuff And here's the point. A person at that level that acts like this is rare, right? 
And then literally maybe six months later, uh, he was, I think, in line to be the next CEO. And he was really a good guy. People really loved him. He's coming. He's 55 years old and he dies on a corporate uh, jet coming back from, uh, I think, Japan or something. It was, a, it was an American Express, American Express uh, jet and he dies on the jet. And I was like, hmm, it just seemed odd. But the point is, and, and which, when you look at business, especially banking and where big money is, the good people, when they make it too far, it's one of the biggest industries where you have ridiculous suicides, people falling out of windows, getting hit by cars, all sorts of strange things. <laughs> so, guys, I just want to bring up a few of these instances to show you the why. The why is, you know, people say, oh, how is these conspiracies? You talk about NASA, you talk about anything. The point is the people, the faces, the guy that's the that's talking is the tool. This is the person that says, hey, you know what? They're going to pay me $687,000 a year. (laughs) With this money, I'm going to be able to send my kids to good schools. I'm going to be able to buy a good home. I'm going to sell poison to the people, but hey, they're going to pay me $700,000. What I'll do in my life is I'll just be a good person. I'll take some of this money. I'll do good and I'll make it right. A lot of people reason these type of things, but I'm not going to not step up and be the spokesperson or whatever so there's always somebody to take that role and the people that are really doing things these are the ones that are discredited as you search for things right like another guy i'll give you another one uh tanzania right what's his name maga fully he died last year what he did suspiciously early i mean he died last month suspiciously bro all mag philly did last year was um he took uh, fruit and goat samples. He took a bunch of things to the to the uh, COVID testing, and I think it was a pawpaw fruit, and a, and a goat came back positive. The whole thing, he's like, there's something going on. And it, what, it's because of what I'm telling you with the PCR, it's taking a little bit of something and just magnify. It's false positive. For all I know, the stuff could be in it. But he just comes and he reports this, and then he's dead the next year. So when you fight this on that level, most of the people on these levels are just going along with it, and then they watch what happens to those who don't go along with it. And then most people just decide to stay in it. And then there are whistleblowers, but the whistleblowers are silenced. And if the whistleblowers actually get traction, they just did platforming. David Icke, they just took his platform down. Even Farrakhan, when he started to get too out of control, they just took his platform down. Whether you agree with these guys or not, they just take your platform down when you become too strong. The best information you're going to get online is all shadow banned. And when it starts to trigger and get too much uh, traction, they just stop it. So this is how these crazy things go on right under your nose. This is how people don't know. Every day they're sitting around, people arguing about wearing a fucking mask, not knowing <laughs> that the test in and of itself, the person who designed the test says from his own mouth that this test should not be used as an alone a standalone indicator of the sickness because it doesn't tell you anything about it just tells you that the presence is there it does not tell you about what this will do to you or that this will do anything to you there's not there's a, there's something else you have to put in like you know like if anybody knows trading it's like one indicator usually doesn't tell, a moving average doesn't tell you everything but maybe moving average with volume or the time in which volume expanded tells you more about a price move and it's the same with um pcr test yes if we all test for this that's why so many testing positives why they want more testing and that's why they were slow in my opinion to roll out the testing to prolong this thing and this is what even trump said people think he's crazy he's, he's a fucked up dude 
But so I'm telling you, a few things that he said he was, was was right about. And they do more testing, you see more things, but it's not. It's, it doesn't mean that more people are dying. And this is why people like can't really see it in their lives like that. It's like I remember when it, when the first thing happened, it, I was getting calls like, "Hey, is this real?" And then I, I didn't know anybody. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So guys, PCR test, the founder, you'll never hear of him. The founder tells you not to believe in the efficacy of this test alone. The founder has publicly denounced Fossey as a tool. <laughs> so now think about it. This guy Fossey uses the same dead guy, would never mention his name, to, to, to pump this to the world. And he's just the face, this trusted guy, because they know how people's minds are wired. You just look at his credentials. He's qualified to do this. He's a tool. He's saying anything. A lawyer. Somebody's going to say anything for money. So, guys, that's what's really going on. I want you to understand how things happen in terms of how you could be, how these um, things could happen on such a scale. Truth hurts.